Shut up and sit down. There it is. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. You're listening to episode 81 of the Quiet Part Loud podcast. I'm your host, Daryl. I'm here every single time, and it's great to be back. Thanks for listening. Um, We planned on doing, hoped to do two shows this week. Um, I didn't know if time would allow, uh, but... As it were, I can, I'm going to be doing two additional shows, so there'll be actually three uh, in total that we will have put out this week, which is fantastic. Um, originally, I just wanted to do another show that covered the UFC event that's on this weekend, uh, but there's a lot, obviously, additional to the card that's happened uh, in the past couple of weeks with MMA. Um, MMA? Uh, MMA. Uh, so I wanted to do a show just dedicated to updating some of the things and talking specifically around that rather than mix it in with the last show. Um, but so much has happened over the past sort of 48 hours that I now wanted to jump in and do another show that was covering some of those issues and also do the UFC show as well. So hopefully, uh, if time allows tonight, I'm going to get two episodes out and uh, yeah, have three for the week, which is great. So um, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Thanks for engaging with us on Spotify uh, and on iTunes as well. Um, All of that feeds back via SoundCloud and all those all those numbers are looking really nice. So we're just, you know, continuing to push and continuing to try to grow this thing. And uh, for anybody that's out there supporting us, I really appreciate it. So, um, yeah, plenty, plenty to get into. Uh, so we're going to do that UFC show after this one, if we have time. Um, but as I said, over the last 48 hours, so much has transpired. Um, I guess let's call it a wider scope, let's call it a week, Um, and maybe some of the things that we didn't touch on in the last episode within that time frame, but um, most, I guess, top of the show, right? Like, if if this was a news broadcast, it'd be be headline news, you know, kind of top of the hour stuff, Um, but Julian Assange, I'm sure you've seen, has been pulled out of the embassy, the Ecuadorian embassy in London, and arrested by UK police with the US putting an extradition order in for him uh, to be sent over there on the charge of uh, hacking military computers and servers and extracting information and then subsequently publishing that information via WikiLeaks. Obviously, he uh, conspired, he teamed up, he collaborated with uh, Bradley... Manning, who is now Chelsea Manning, uh, famously went to prison, was held in solitary confinement, had a sex change, uh, gender reassignment surgery, whatever you like, um, and had 20, I, I believe it was 26 of 30 years uh, commuted by Obama before he left office. So Chelsea Manning, formerly Bradley Manning, who was fame a famous whistleblower about the civilians and I think AP journalists getting uh, shot by American troops uh, in an air attack in 
Iraq or Afghanistan, I think it was Iraq, um, that the video was published and you hear the pilots talking and, you know, being completely unremorseful. And, you know, it was a really, really bad day, really dark day when all of that was, when all of that, all of that came out. Um, but Julian Assange claimed asylum in the Ecuadorian embassy in London. And he's been in there for, you know, a number of years, seven years, I think it is now. And, since that time, there's been a change of government in Ecuador. Carrera, who was the one in charge when Assange claimed asylum, was very much, you know, on board with the fact that, yes, he's he should be protected for what he's done rather than, you know, handed over to the authorities, especially since the claim was that he was wanted in Sweden on a rape charge or in a rape allegation, Um but that ultimately would have been the case, you know, that if he would have tried to go back to Sweden, he would have subsequently been put on a plane and sent to America. And I think perhaps whatever happens with him, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't even want to speculate at this point in time. But I have very mixed feelings about uh, Julian Assange in terms of in terms of how I thought of him when this when WikiLeaks first came on on the scene versus how I think of him now, I, I still agree with the fact that he released the information that he released. However, I don't think he's a completely neutral player as he, you know, has, as he oftentimes claims to be. The change with the Ecuadorian government has moved very much in line with a more conservative, right-wing, authoritarian style, like, doesn't want the guy in there. I mean, authoritarian might be maybe pushing it too far, but he's more in line with Trump than he is with Obama, if that kind of creates any sort of description for you. But since then, the staff at the embassy apparently have been much more conf uh, confrontational with Assange, um, it's cost them quite a bit of money to keep him up, apparently. But they make claims. I read a, I read a few Reuters articles on this over the past couple of days, and one of the claims was that that Julian Assange, one of the problems, one of the complaints that had arisen that led to him being ultimately expelled from the embassy was that he was smearing feces on the wall. Now, I don't know, like I don't want to say, because I don't know, you know, that this guy didn't wipe shit all over the wall, but why would someone do that? Like that's, that's something a mad person would do. And I think Julian Assange is, you know, a few a sandwich is short of a picnic basket. But I don't know if he's all the way Silence of the Lambs crazy where he's, you know, wiping feces on the wall or throwing his cum at people. Like, I, like that's a different kind of crazy. So I was, I was a bit skeptical in terms of that report uh, or at least that sort of claim from, from within this article, that one of the articles that I read. Another article said that 
he was uh, being disruptive, being loud, being disruptive uh, when conducting meetings at the embassy. The examples cited were he held a lamp light bulb up to a camera, presumably so that camera couldn't record what was going on in that interview visually. Uh, they also made the claim that he would play loud music during meetings. And I can only assume that that would be for uh, a similar reason. You know, if he was having a conversation with someone he didn't want the, you know, especially if there was this shift in government and the sense that perhaps an impending expulsion was, you know, imminent. I'm not sure. There's no timelines been released. That's one of the issues I have with this whole Assange thing. We've now seen that he's been removed and arrested. We now know that the U.S. has put extradition uh, terms on the table for the U.K. There is an extradition treaty between the U.K. and the U.S., so you would likely expect Julian Assange to be on a plane ASAP back to America. Now, flying all the way across you know, the Atlantic, landing in America, you hear the leader of that country in past video clips saying things like, hey, you know, WikiLeaks really got him, eh? Look how WikiLeaks went after Hillary and, you know, isn't that WikiLeaks great? And, you know, love me some WikiLeaks. You know, Trump has been quoted on several occasions saying. On several occasions. And the video is there. So upon the delivery of, of a question from a reporter yesterday when asked about WikiLeaks, the answer Donald Trump gave that he didn't know WikiLeaks, that's not his, he doesn't know about WikiLeaks, that's not his thing, was his response. And I just wonder, because Assange was so helpful in providing some of this, you know, evidence around the Hillary Clinton email scandal, one wonders if Assange has done all that he needs to do for Trump. And therefore, the political pressure that America can put on Ecuador, especially if their leaders are more aligned, would be, let's get him out of that embassy. Let's get him back to America. That would really be a favor for us. There's a couple of things that can happen on that. They can throw the book at Assange and make it clear that they are truly not interested in, you know, truth being let out that doesn't favor them or be careful what you write, who you write about. You know what I mean? It could be used as a leverage in that regard. I don't understand what's going to happen. Like, I don't understand why Trump would be going after Assange. If, if he is, I'm speculating, of course, but... I'm just trying to tie this whole thing together because one of the things I'm worried about is that even though I don't agree with where Julian Assange currently is, his distribution of information and transparency on the operational activity of government, I don't disagree with. Do I want to know every operation that's going on? No, not necessarily. But I want to know that, you know, strategic genocides can't happen 
you know, dr drug um, distribution and manufacturing and guarding of poppy fields and things. Like, I, I don't want that shit to happen, right? Like, I want to know the bad shit that people are up to. I want to know all that because if we don't, how can you ever hold anybody accountable? So even though I don't necessarily agree with some of the things that Assange has done in terms of how he seemed to be more of a, you know, he wasn't down the middle. When you have an organization like WikiLeaks, it is an, the, the one imperative is that you can, that you are steadfast in your determination to be unbiased. And that the information will be redacted only to protect lives in terms of intelligence officers, soldiers, identities, etc. But other than that, transparency is critical to be able to hold those in power accountable for their actions. So on that principle, I agree with Assange, which is why... It could be very dangerous if they, you know, try to disappear him or they lock him up for life or I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. What I'm what I'm also concerned about is that the media will stop reporting on this almost as he touches down in America. And then it will just disappear. Like I'm keeping an eye on the reports that are coming out. I'm not seeing a ton. BBC on their news basically just gave it three minutes, if that. Um, I don't, I'm concerned that it's just going to go away and that we're going to have more questions than answers. Um, we need whistleblowers. We need, like, I don't, like, I'm not a rat. Like, I don't, like, I don't subscribe to, like, just ratting on people and just, like, being a tattletale for every fucking thing. But, Again, accountability is important and whistleblowers who, you know, are trying to hold those that govern us accountable, that is important work, but it has to be done in a non-biased way, as hard and as difficult as that may be, because we're all human at the end of the day. It has to be the moniker, it has to be, yeah, it has to be, you know, it has to be the mission statement of an organization like that, that, you know, Truth will always prevail. It's like truth will always be the only thing that we care about. And I think Assange got away from that. But why this has all come about now and some of the claims for why he's being expelled now, they're not really connecting the dots for me. And I just want to keep a very close eye on it because it's, you know, it's troubling. It's troubling. He came out of there in a beard, kicking and screaming. It's, it's been seven years. You know, I wonder what his mental health is currently like. Like, what's his state of mind currently like? Um, yeah, I just, I think there's a lot of geopolitical activity going on here. Um, I think there's a lot of things happening behind the scenes. But I'm very interested to see when, if and when this goes away. Uh, it'll be interesting. Let's see. But, um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a deep and dark motherfuck out there. That's for sure. Um, what else is going on? Well, staying on that side of the pond, actually, now that 
Assange will soon be in America. We might as well stay there too. Um, I wanted to talk about this uh, testimony that Candace Owens was was giving on the Hill a few days back as well. And there's been mixed comments, as there always is with everything, uh, everything, everything these days. Uh, but what it really showed to me was how, well, one, it was like she was conducting a job interview to work for Trump. Um, I mean, it was it was kind of gross uh, at points. Um, I also think some of the points she makes about empowerment of black people and victimization, you know, is is good in some respects, bad in others. She's she's a mixed bag for me. I do like her in terms of how aggressive she is, how forceful she is, how, um, you know, she's kind of got this unfuckwittable nature about her. And it's, it's very much like, come at me, right? Like, come at me because I'm prepared. I'm switched on. I know it. And I don't mind if you come at me because I'm going to come right back at you. And I saw a lot of that in her testimony, sometimes a little bit too much in terms of, you know, posturing and, 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 and kind of the problem with people who have a voice is they're, they're all, they're just too goddamn divisive. Her delivery, her, her content, the, you know, the, the, the substance in her content, you know, she has a lot and she brings a lot to the table, but blanks it, get the fuck out of here blanks it like you know just you've got so much to say and you're going on a blexit tour come on a blacksit a blexit i think it's called get people black people out of the democratic party because they're better off being republicans and referring to all of the bad shit in american history as a democratic problem because like nobody knows the parties were effectively inversed at one point you know, it's ridiculous. But then you get a guy up there like, uh, what's his name? Um, Assemblyman or Congressman Lou. And I've seen him make some good points, you know, here and there on various interviews. But what a dickhead in terms of cutting a 30-second clip out of a wider interview and using it as part of, you know, what you're, how you're interviewing this woman. Like, you don't know who, who she is. And... You can, like, she's going to sit back and allow herself to be defined by a 30-second soundbite about Hitler. Like, it was so cringeworthy when he played it, and her response was fucking fantastic to the chairman and to the overall committee. Really, really good. Um, and, you know... I applaud her for for saying, fuck you, man. But I don't agree with her policies in the majority of instances. I think she's I think she's an extreme personality. I think she's got extreme views. I think she doesn't actually want what she's asking for. But she seems to have the courage of her conviction. So maybe I'm just way off on that. But what it seemed like to me and a lot of it was just blatant call-outs 
for the sake of her own career objectives. And as I said, when it when when I started talking about her, it was very much like she wanted to apply for a job with Trump. And other than the positives that you can draw from the economy, which we've talked about at length before, and the job numbers, which aren't having actually an effect on, like, if you ask the average person in America, I don't think you're going to hear positive news from them in terms of how the country's functioning at the moment and how they're doing inside of it. But I'm not boots on the ground and I could be wrong. But in terms of Candace Owens, um, I think I think there's just a very I love her I love her ferociousness. I do. But there's something that seems off about it. And again, maybe that's just maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me. But she can be very divisive in her commentary, very divisive in her in some of the rhetoric she throws out there, like blaming Democrats as an entire species of thing to be at blame for the destruction or the 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 current state of black people and their 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 emotions and their views towards policy and politics and things like that. Like, she blames the Ku Klux Klan as a democratic problem. It's fucking hilarious to me. You know, it's, you, can't, you can't say all bad, all dogs are bad. It's the Hitler had a dog problem, right? Oh, Hitler had a dog, so all dogs are bad. That's not how debate works. That's not how argument works. You can't remove the nuance of the conversation, of the subject matter. It all lies within that and if you remove that to make a point for your own whatever political gain or career gain or progression then you miss the point and the point is trying to help <coughs> you can't just be a loud voice in you know coming out of a megaphone that ultimately won't lead to long-term systematic changes that are required you create divisiveness you drive a wedge you don't sew the seams back together so i love certain aspects of who she is but others are quite gross what i also find funny in america currently is this new appointed attorney general bill barr um, who has come out recently and said he believes that there was spying on the Trump campaign by the Democratic Party. This is an attorney general who is planning to redact a 400-page document that's come out of the, that is the Mueller report and managed to summarize it and its contents down to a four-pager that clearly, we talked about this on the last show, clearly doesn't represent the work that was done by Mueller's team, now has come out and said that he does think that there was spying on the Trump campaign, which, in some people's opinion, has always been their contention. I wouldn't deny it. 
but I also wouldn't call it unusual. But for him to swing this quickly into the other direction whilst effectively brushing off a two-year investigation is extremely concerning. It's extremely concerning, especially after Democrats have, you know, have subpoenaed the report, subpoenaed Trump's tax records. He's been named, again, I haven't seen anything on this Coast Conspirator shit, so I should stop talking about it. I apologize because I didn't actually look. Maybe I'll just throw it in Google real quick. Trump named as co-conspirator. Let me see if it brings anything up. Effectively named. See? Effectively named. This is on Sky News. An unindicted co-conspirator on Politico. Let's see what this thing says. Oh, through Cohen. Michael Cohen got three years in prison Wednesday for his role in what the judge called a smorgasbord of crimes, including hush money payments that violated campaign, campaign finance rules. But the most consequential development from the hearing had to do... Hang on. GDPR pop-up had to do with a person who was not even in the courtroom, Donald Trump, incensing the president's former fixer, federal judge William H. Pauley III, said in open court that Trump had directed his then lawyer to commit a federal felony. This was, in some respects, a formality, a confirmation of a conclusion that prosecutors in the United States Probation Office had reached last week. But while it might have been a formality, it was important. No one in that courtroom, including the judge, disagreed that Trump directed Cohen to commit crimes. So it hasn't been made official yet, but it seems like it could, and it seems like they've effectively reached that understanding already. We'll see what comes out of this, but all of these things entangled, and then you've got the top lawyer in the country who's basically saying, on one hand, I don't think the the president of the United States while sitting in that office should be able to be indicted, should not be able to be like criminally investigated, which I think is nuts. I think it's nuts. I understand that the president has to do some dodgy shit from time to time. It's kind of part of the job description, but to make him immune by default to any scrutiny or investigation into criminal activity or illicit activity is insane to me. He's not a god. He's not a fucking emperor. He's a dude that the people said could sit there for four years at a time. And if he fucks up before, during, or after, he should be held accountable, just like every other president, in my opinion, should. George, H. George W. Bush for the war in Iraq, right? There should have been a better investigation that happened around that and whether or not he could be held accountable for war crimes. I agree with that. It should be looked at. Obama for his drone policy, for his fast and furious drug or a gun uh, running accusations. All these things, I don't know if they're true or not, but they should all be investigated and let the evidence bear out. But the current Attorney General, William Barr, doesn't think that. 
And not only does he not think that, but also he'll come out and now say that he does think that the, the campaign was, was uh, spied on. Which to me is insane. To have a juxtaposition and ultimately supposed to be a unbiased commentator and facilitator of the constitutional law to be so blatantly biased on certain subject matter is at the very least a conflict of interest. Again, I think these are all things that we need to keep an eye on as they develop because they seem quite dark. And I'm just I'm sick of I'm sick of the darkness in the politics, man. I'm sick of these these people running around unaccountable and and having a smug fucking look on their face while they're doing it like they are above the law because the law and the judicial system and the way we treat politicians and the elites is so perverse that nothing ever happens you don't think that Trump and his family had something to do with gathering information about the opposition from the Russians to use against Hillary Clinton. If you don't think that any of that happened with all of the evidence that they have, you're a fucking moron. Do I think that Trump is a Russian agent? No, I think if you think that, you're a fucking moron. And if I thought that, I would be a fucking moron too. It's, it's, it's an entanglement of business opportunities. And political strength, being in a position to negotiate without much tension, you know, to have different channels open to you. I mean, yeah, but if they can't prove it, it's not what you know, it's what you can prove, right? That's kind of the way it works. Um, and even if you can prove it, nowadays, you can just say, that's fake news. And in 24 hours, it'll be gone. It's a funny old world we live in, man. We need, you know, that's why I'm so glad I can still, I can still digest long form content. And for anybody that stays out, you know, out there that's listening to this show and listens on a regular basis and you can still ingest long form content, whether it be my voice or some other, you know, format, some other show, whatever, if you can still digest long form content, whether it be, you know, an audio book or, you know, documentary films or reading books or listening to, you know, extended podcast conversations, you know, you should be applauded because you're in the minority, I believe. So we'll see how these things develop. Um, just staying on that side of the world. I wanted to talk, we talked to, we talked a couple of episodes ago about uh, a guy on in the Democratic Party running for president in 2020 called Andrew Yang. Um, and I spoke positively about him in terms of, you know, some of his, some of his uh, points and some of the, some of the issues that he stands for and some of the things that he wants to do. And I thought it was, I, th I thought he was a really positive voice. We talked about, I think it was on the last show that he went on the Ben Shapiro show. He was the only um, Democratic candidate that they had invited 
that had accepted, like they invited them all, I, I guess is what Ben Shapiro had said, um, or a lot of them. And Andrew Yang, Yang was the only one that had accepted. Um, so it was very much like, you know, oh, this guy's, uh, you know, this guy's kind of a fresh face, you know, his background seems pretty good. You know, his platform seems pretty good. The things he's looking to run on look pretty good. Okay, let's see if he can get, get some interest. Well, another guy has popped up. His name is Peter Buttigieg. Buttigieg? Buttigieg, or something like that. I can't, I'm not great on the last name uh, pronunciation. But uh, Pete Buttigieg um, is running for president. And he is the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. And the unique thing about Pete Buttigieg is his resume and his age. So he's got a pretty extensive resume in terms of, you know, he's a war veteran. Um, he knows, I think, seven languages fluently, including Islamic. Um, he has been the mayor of that town for eight years. He won his last election with 80% majority vote. He existed whilst Mike Pence was the governor of Indiana. And he is an openly gay uh, Midwestern guy. Which, under Mike Pence, you know, could have been a tricky, sticky subject, you know, uh, could have been an issue. Uh, we know we all know how Mike Pence feels about gays. You know, he thinks it's a reversible disease that can be treated with some therapy. You know, Mike Pence is a fucking zealot. Mike Pence is a religious fanatic. And this guy existed underneath him despite his big despite Mike Pence's bigotry and personal disgusting points, you know, about his character. Um, he has been the mayor for eight years and seems to have stronger support now than ever. Now, I can't run off crime statistics or job statistics or any. I think there's been ups and downs, as in most places. But wait till you hear this guy talk. Wait till you hear him talk. His, his delivery is spot on the money. His tone is right down the middle. His, his elevator pitch for himself is great. Um, he's got sort of a Midwest kind of young JFK-ish kind of flavor to him. There's something about him. I don't know. It's, there's, there's like a little bit of Obama in there. There's a little bit of JFK in there. Um, and he's quite charismatic, even though he's not very animated, if that makes sense. You got to watch him. You got to go on and watch a couple of videos uh, on YouTube about this guy and just love to hear your thoughts on what you think of him because do I think he's going to win? No, I don't think he's going to win the Democratic primary. I don't think he's going to be their candidate for president, but I could be wrong. Um, there's about 400 of them, I think, running for the Democratic uh, Party's presidential nomination. So that's going to make for... Uh, just a hilarious time when they all enter the race and you're like, who the fuck am I voting for? If you live in America and you want to vote for a Democrat, you're like, who the fuck am I voting for? And the problem is that they'll be so segregated 
because all of these candidates are kind of taking their own line on certain issues. So it's like if you align with this Democratic candidate and you don't align with that Democratic candidate and you don't align with that Democratic candidate, but on some issues you align with this Democratic candidate. And it's just a whole sort of hodgepodge of shit. And it's like they need to have a committee. They need to have a meeting with all of these guys that are running for president and say, hey, fuck are we doing here? <laughs> there can't be 80 of us running for president. This is not how it works. We're going to tear each other to bits in terms of getting this nomination won. And in doing so, open ourselves up for every single attack from Trump and his team. And go into the general election as the presidential election as a beaten up candidate that's had six layers of skin taken off them by their own party and the only thing left for Trump to do is deliver a headshot or a nice body shot and just keel you over and just put the finishing touches on. That's the problem with what's going on in the Democratic Party is they're going to beat each other down and just leave Trump to, to be like a fucking vulture and clean up the scraps. They have to get their shit together. But I'm not seeing any of the main ones, like the big namers, as getting the job done. Like Grandpa Grabby Hands, like Biden, he's gone fucking silent all of a sudden. It's like, come on, dude. Like if you didn't touch these women inappropriately, if you gave them a cuddle and a kiss and a hand, you held their hand, fucking get over it. But nope, he's apologized. And apologize is not the way to... Um, it's not your road to redemption. Apologizing is not your road to redemption anymore. It is a, it is creating an open door policy for people to beat you down into submission and make you go away. You got to stand your ground, man. If you didn't do nothing, then you got to say, fuck you guys. You know, Joe Biden's like almost 80. That's why he's called Grandpa Grabby Hands. Because he's been old for a long ass time. And all these videos I'm seeing of him, you know, that's that's grandpa behavior, you know. Trump admitted it. And nobody says a goddamn word about that. But detracting from the point, have a look at this Peter Buttigieg. Because he's an interesting candidate. He's an interesting fella. He's got a ton of experience. He's pretty set in terms of how he views what policies should, you know, come into play, uh, what he wants to fight for. <clears throat> and him and Andrew Yang are, I mean, Andrew Yang, I think, is way more substantive with his policies. And, and that's only because I haven't looked into Buttigieg um, as much as I have Andrew Yang. But from the, from the bits that I have seen, I'm quite impressed. From a newcomer, relatively like political newcomer on the national and, and sort of international scene, it's quite interesting. The um, the next few months in American politics are going to be quite interesting, uh, with everything ramping up on the Trump side of things now with this billion Bar, William Barr uh, statement and his position on the spying to the Assange stuff to the Ecuador tie-in and how that impacts Venezuela and you know the Southern District of New York and that investigation as we said with the co-conspirator um, allegations 
the Democrat state of play. What is what's going to happen there? You know, we'd probably have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez running for president if she was old enough, but I don't even think she's old enough yet. You know, um, it's going to be an interesting time. But the Democrats need to clean their shit up because Trump's just out there like with his dick out now. He's like, fuck that. I don't even know who WikiLeaks is. There was absolutely no collusion. I'm completely vindicated. I'm firing my Department of Homeland Security secretary. I'm going to hire some other crazy fucker while I've got this Nazi Jew running shit in the back called Stephen Miller. Um, you know, it's it, it's pretty it's pretty horrendous shit at the moment, guys, uh, if I'm being completely honest with you. And we've just been in America today. We haven't even touched on on the UK and I'm leaving the UK alone. We hit them a little bit last week, uh, last episode. But, you know, we got to wait on that now because, oh, Brexit hasn't been delayed until June. It's been delayed till fucking Halloween. So they're like, Whew, now we can go on summer holidays. Like, it's just horrendous. Deadline is now October 31st. Fuck, are you kidding me? I mean, I'm going to leave it alone because I got to take a Brexit break, you know? <laughs> At least until some other shit happens. And then we'll get right back on it. Because that's what we do. We attack these subjects every single time. Um, and hopefully somebody out there is listening that's going to that's gonna stand up and say, I am sick and tired of this just disgraceful incompetency. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my hat in the ring and I'm going to do something about it. We're starting to see waves of that in America. Some of it I agree with, some of it I don't. But that's great. I don't want something that I agree with 100% because I don't always agree with things that I agreed with yesterday, tomorrow, or today. Things change. I change. My point of view changes. My opinions on things change. Except The Sopranos being the best show of all time. That will never change. So don't try to change me. <laughs> um, have you seen that... Have you seen that Kim Kardashian's going to be a lawyer? Or going to try to be a lawyer? She's going to take the bar exam. She's going to study her ass off. She's going to get all the tutors, all the money can buy. And she's going to study uh, to get the bar exam. To, to be a lawyer. Can you imagine having Kim Kardashian as a lawyer? I, ju I just can't imagine it. Like, who is she going to represent? Who's going to hire her? Or she's just going to take pro bono cases because she managed to get um, Ivanka Trump to give her data call, to give her an audience so she could get a black chick out of prison. And now she's a social justice warrior. She's a fighter of civil rights. Like, get out of here. Like, you're not relevant. You're not relevant to normal people. Normal people don't give a fuck about you. And normal people would laugh at the thought of a reality television star representing them in court when they have the opportunity to hire a real professional and they have their fucking lives potentially on the line. Now, if we've got Donald Trump in office, then maybe he'll just write a side deal where, you know, if Kanye wears the MAGA hat during my presidential uh, run, I'll give you five exonerations a year, five pardons a year, some shit that you can use. You go and do the work and I'll set them free. You know, that's basically how the first one worked. That's basically how the first one worked. There was no, there was no evaluation process of, of meritocracy there in terms of um, devising a plan and in 
to determine who deserves to be let go. It's just like, nope, this famous person contacted this other person whose dad's the president, and they were like, yeah, cool, because I can get Kanye to do some shit for me again. It's ridiculous. Like, what's she going to be, a serious lawyer? She's going to be a serious lawyer. From porn star to courtroom. It's insane to me. But, hey, I'm never mad at people who are trying to progress. Trying to progress? Progress? Progress. You want to better yourself? Fantastic. But Kim Kardashian is a piece of shit. The way she... The way her product lines bully girls, their target audience into body issues and body dysmorphia and uh, identity issues and, and flogging diet products and stuff like that. There's a girl out there called Jamila, I think her name is. Uh, she was on, uh, what was the show? Is it New Girl or is it uh, Good Place? Something like that. Anyways, gorgeous girl. Gorgeous girl. Well, she was having to go at the Kardashians for their body shaming, like their 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 tactics of online bullying and the products that they represent and how they're feeding into this negativity of of young women and things like that. But again, no traction. These people are scumbags, man. They're in it for they're in it for profit and they don't give a fuck who they leave in their wake. Look at the mess behind the Kardashians for a moment. And now you're gonna trust one of these idiots? Even if they do pass the bar exam, would you hire Better Call Saul? Like, would you want the guy who represented Stephen Avery representing you if your life was on the line? I would not want someone who has the moral integrity, the the just the overall resume of behavior that a person like Kim Kardashian does representing me in any way, shape or form. Unless it was being able to put a phone call into Donald Trump to get me a pardon. That's literally it. I don't want her making arguments on my case or against like for me. Like, no, no, thank you. I will articulate how I feel a lot better than Kim Kardashian can articulate her thoughts. I've heard her speak. Okay. It's just, it's just hilarious to me. You're just going to start seeing what Kardashian law firms, like I know her dad, I know Rob Kardashian or was it Rob Kardashian was a lawyer. He was one of the OJ lawyers, right? Ross from Friends rep, um, played him in the, in the TV show. But I just think it's absurd. I just think it's absolutely absurd. Anyways, never mind. I don't care. Moving on. <laughs> some, depending on who you are, where you live, and what you're into, potentially some really positive news. A lady um, who lives in Edinburgh, Scotland, has decided that she was going to pack up her job and use her entrepreneurial kind of spirit and knowledge and event and marketing knowledge and experience to start her own business. Love it. Love it. Love the entrepreneurial mindset. Love it. Her business is nude cleaning. It's a nude cleaning service. They come around your house, they'll do your floors, whatever. It's a high standard cleaning service, apparently. And 
they have been so successful that she's hired to she's had to hire 15 people men and women by the way uh to come around and clean your house and it's a fun and flirty service that she's hoping to expand across different parts of the UK and yeah I mean I don't really know what else to say other than the fact that I will never personally use this service because I don't give a fuck how hot somebody is. I do not want to walk into my kitchen, see them bent over, buck-ass naked with their asshole in the air, cleaning my stove. I just don't. I do not want them scrubbing my floors on all fours, that close to, say, bleach and water, with their tits hanging out, <coughs> while they're scrubbing and getting a sweat on. <coughs> For me, it's just... The whole French maid thing, like, I don't, I don't know, like, coming around, like, oh, flirty feather duster and stuff like that. Like, is that what people are hiring? Or are they actually getting them into, like, you know, can you clean my windows? They're filthy. Like, up on a ladder, you know, half naked or whatever it may be. It just seems really, where are you keeping the window cleaner? And she just, like, spreads her leg. Sorry. Sorry. Going way too far. Um, like, what are they going to do? Come in with, like a like, a penny on? Like, an apron on? Or is it going to be like a big reveal, like they come in like a, in a trench coat? Or is it that they start in a full uniform and they're, they're like taking clothes off as they're cleaning the house? In which case, they're giving themselves two jobs because they, they have to clean their clothes off as well. Because, you know, don't leave that on my floor. <laughs> you know, you came to clean, so clean the fucking house. But <laughs> I don't see, for me personally, there's no appeal, right? If I want to see naked people, there's plenty of outlets and plenty of platforms in which to do that. And I'm married. So all good on that front. But for single guys, is that really what you're up for? Like, what are you going to do? Like, well, she's like dusting in the in the, um, in the the living room. <coughs> or she's changing your bed sheets and you're in the living room jerking off because she's like half naked and she's like fluffing your pillows. It just, it's really, it's just a strange dynamic to me. Like to each their own. I don't give a fuck. You know, whatever you want to do, whatever floats your boat. And if that's a service, which obviously a lot of people are interested in because when this lady recruited for openings, she had over a hundred applicants, like basically like that. So there's plenty of people out there that want to do it. But I would imagine that they have to be in pristine condition because you wouldn't want a fatty coming over and stripping off and be like hey let's do the dishes you know or like let me clean your toilet like it's just it's a very weird dynamic to me but like I said to each their own and to all the success I give her and wish her in the world because you know entrepreneurial they've done this sort of thing in America um but you know in in America you can literally get anything you want so um so I'm not surprised but I didn't think it would have as much traction here as it is but that's why I'm wrong and she's doing fantastic. So congratulations to her. I don't know her name, but the company is called Glimmer. Uh, so if you guys want to check that out, have a look at that. Because I think it's, uh, I you know, although it's not my thing, I think it's fantastic. And, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to speak to her about it and, you know, kind of how she came up with that and, you know, all that good stuff and how it's going. I just think that's, I think it's great. I love entrepreneurs, no matter where they find their niche, no matter where they find their passion or their success, Fucking congratulations to her. So if that's your thing, check out Glimmer. Uh, currently, I think it's only in Scotland, but she's looking to expand and uh, and work her way down the country. So coming to a town near you will be Glimmer, the uh, the cheeky, freaky, naked cleaning service or whatever their tagline is. So yeah, so that's it, guys. I don't I'm fucking, I don't know what else to talk about. What else is there to talk about? Um, 
I don't know. Everything's going good. Like workouts are going good. I've cleaned my diet up a lot now. So <clears throat> I'm not feeling as bloated, which I was after eating. Like I was eating these eggs from this restaurant whenever I had to go into my office and they made them with milk. And my body in the past few years doesn't respond that well to dairy. Some sorts of dairy I can eat. Others just react really, really badly. Um, and not to give you any more detail on that scenario, but I eat eggs a lot, but I usually eat them at home, which is fine. I can, you know, make them, prepare them the way I want to, but I've basically reintroduced oatmeal uh, as a breakfast. So oatmeal and peanut butter and a little bit of chocolate is a fantastic breakfast because it's got, you know, it's got a, got a little bit of everything for you. It's a really good way to kick off your day. So I did it again for the first time yesterday uh, when I was in the office and it was, it was great. It was great. And I don't feel bloated. Um, I had a big breakfast this morning. I had a nice dinner. I, th I don't know if I told you guys about it on the last show, but my, my wife made this dish. She bought a new cookbook and she made this dish and it's a it's a version of mac and cheese, but it's a vegetarian mac and cheese, right? So you're like, well, what the fuck? And it's made with like sweet potato uh, puree and peppers and uh, onions. And it's just, <clears throat> it's, it's fantastic. And it actually does have a mac and cheese texture to it. It obviously doesn't, you know, taste exactly like mac and cheese. But after I ate a big old plate of it, I felt great. I didn't feel bloated. I, I felt, you know, I felt good. I felt like a beat. I like I'd eaten something healthy. It was really, really good. Um, and I wanted to give a shout out to this book that she bought because I, th I think the title of it is called, uh, hang on one second. I've got it right here. Hang on. It's called, it's called 10 a day, the easy way. And it's by a guy called James Wong, um, who you'd probably know him, uh, if you're, if you're into that sort of thing, but, uh, there's some cool stuff in there. So check that book out because, uh, for what my wife has prepared for me so far, what she, cause she doesn't let me in the kitchen. I'm not saying like my wife cooks for me. <laughs> she doesn't let me cook. All right. I'm not allowed in the kitchen. The only time I'm allowed to make things in the kitchen, if it's, is if it's only me eating. So that's nice and easy. Cause I cook chicken, eggs, spinach, you know, that sort of thing. But she's not eating that. But if I am allowed in the kitchen to cook for both of us, it's Thanksgiving or Christmas. That's it. See you later. Otherwise, I'm allowed to be a helper from time to time. But so she cooks in our house and she, she you know, she loves to do it. And she uh, she's always exploring new new types of eating and new cuisine and things like this. And this is just a new one. So it's called 10 a Day, The Easy Way by James Wong. And uh, and so far, so good. So check it out if you're if you're looking to put a bit of variety in your diet, uh, if you're looking to maybe reduce your meat consumption. So for me personally, red meat had stopped it, it, it was becoming more of an issue in terms of how I digested it. Not all meat, <coughs> but certainly some. Specifically, uh, lamb uh, was becoming a bit more difficult. And I think it may be because of the fat in it. I'm not sure. Again, a lot of this is trial and error. But uh, I, I am trying to reduce my red meat consumption. I like to eat now uh, lean white meat uh, or fish as my proteins, as my animal proteins. So... Uh, I'm going to be doing that more and more. But this was a nice refreshing break from having meat. And I think everybody should take it take it down in a notch personally if I'm if I'm just being honest about how much meat they they do consume. 
because we eat far too much of it and it shouldn't be as readily available as it is. Hence the problem with, you know, the uh, industrial farming and things like that. But I think from a health perspective, it can actually, it can actually be a benefit because I don't know, just me personally, I feel a lot lighter. I feel a lot less bloated. Um, my metabolism seems to be just, just run. And I don't have any science behind it. I'm just telling you how I feel. Um, but I used to eat steak and eggs for breakfast. And obviously that's not a great, you know, diet. I didn't eat it all the time, but I was trying to, you know, put on weight and, and turn that into muscle. And I was going through a whole process, etc. but I'm not really interested in that. And I think unless you have, you know, that calorie consumption that you're, that you're working, you know, as part of your goal, then taking a break from some of these things can be really nice, can be a really nice change. And I feel a lot better for it. Um, so I wanted to throw it out there just as in terms of, you know, maybe uh, something to think about, something to put some variety in. Because that book specifically, the things that I've seen or that my wife has shown me look amazing. They look amazing. I'm talking about like flatbreads with like, made with like pumpkin and things like that. Like just really, really cool stuff. So sweet potato waffles and stuff like that. So I love that, right? Just throwing the boat out there, trying something different. And uh, and so far, the results have been great. So I'm going to keep rolling on that. But the book, again, is uh, Five a Day, The Easy Way by James Wong. So <coughs> if you're interested, <coughs> check that out. So I think that's going to be it, guys. I think we're going to sort of wrap it up because um, I want to do another show for sure. I want to... Uh, get this edited and out this evening and it's already getting uh, up there in time and I don't want to take my entire Friday night away from my wife so um, I'm going to get back to that as well but I just wanted to I just wanted to throw that in at the end there because you know we always talk about health and performance and fitness and living the best kind of version of yourself and I think it's worth switching things up, finding out what works for you. Don't listen to other people. Don't listen to me. I'm just throwing suggestions out there. Take it or leave it. It's it's completely your prerogative. Um, but I just think that, you know, why not, right? Because if, if the status quo isn't working, then you've got nothing to lose. So for me, it was having, you know, some negative benefits in terms of, you know, what I was putting in my body over, you know, a specific period of time. And I just switched up and it's like, oh, my body likes that a lot better. So I'm going to do that now. It's not about what anybody else is saying. It's about how I feel. And I know when I eat dairy that I feel like shit. So I'm going to leave dairy alone. I know that when I eat, you know, an excessive amount of red meat that I'm not going to be digesting that as much. And that's going to have, you know, consequences on the way I look or the way I feel or, you know, again, how I'm digesting it and, and so on and so forth, how I'm sleeping, etc. So if it causes those symptoms, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to reduce it right down and see if it makes any change. And if it doesn't, I know I've made a positive impact on myself and the things that are going on internally. And I'm going to keep doing that because doing the same thing and expecting different results is what? Yes, exactly right. It's insanity. It's the definition of insanity. And we don't live by those rules. We look, we learn, and we adapt where needed. And that's how you make this whole thing work. That's the route to success. Being adaptive. But being smart enough to say that I am doing something wrong and have the ability, the courage, and the conviction to change it. And that's all I'm doing with my diet now. And I'm feeling so much better for it. The workouts are going great. Working out like a beast. I can't, like, you know, I'm not some fucking jacked up, like, bodybuilder guy or anything like that. But for me, and in terms of where I was... 
guys, four years ago seems like a lifetime ago. Seems like a lifetime ago. I'm a different person. I look different. I act different. More, most importantly, I look different. You know, I'm happy with the way I'm looking. And I'm still going. But you got to get started, guys. So if you haven't made that change, if you're not feeling great, you know, maybe start with the things that you're putting in your body. Maybe those are going to be able to help you with the things that you do with your body. And maybe that's going to have a momentum, a positive momentum shift in you. Maybe that's going to change things for the better. Maybe that starts you on the road to success of feeling the way you deserve to feel. I don't know. I don't know. And if you're already feeling great, but you just want to try something different, then check that book out, man. Right. That's it. Enough of promotion. Been promoting everybody today. Right. That's it, guys. Um, good show. Thanks for listening. Um, we covered a lot of stuff. This show will be out either late tonight or first thing tomorrow. Uh, but I appreciate your time. Thanks for sticking with us. We're basically on an hour. Bang on. So that's great. Um, when it works out like that, because that's kind of what we're aiming to do with these shows from now on. I think an hour is a nice length. It's kind of the sweet spot, I believe. Um, so uh, that's it. We'll be back again with a UFC preview. Uh, but for now, uh, my name's Daryl. I'm your host. Thanks for listening. I appreciate all the support. Download the show on Spotify, on uh, iTunes, on SoundCloud. Let us know what you think. Rate, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. And catch us on Twitter. That's where all the show links go. And our Facebook page, both under Quiet Part Loud um, as the tag, as the handle. And uh, yeah, that's it. So until next time, guys, all the best. <laughs>